my, it's my full intent today to talk to you about something that I have really been blessed by. I like this series a lot for a lot of reasons, but one of the big reasons I like it is because of what it teaches. It teaches us the importance of surviving tragedy and loss, and all of us, all of us have it. All of us at some point in our life have had loss, and we've had to manage it. We're going to study the book of Ruth, and we're in chapter 3 in our study today. Chapter 1 was the launching pad of all this, and one of the things I said to you was, in order for you to be the kind of person who has a chance at the future, you have a chance to make it. There's certain things that must be in your life. If you don't have certain things in your life, you don't have a chance. Ruth models for us the things you need. The first thing that I, I love about Ruth is that in the middle of her worst season of life, she gave. Gave to her mother-in-law, Naomi. She reached out and she sacrificed. The Bible says, given it shall be given unto you. And there's something about being that kind of person. Ruth is um, one of three women who had a tragedy happen. It was Naomi. Say it with me, please. Come on. Orpha, Orpa, Orpa, and then there was Ruth. Naomi, Orpa, and Ruth. Naomi was the older woman who had two sons. The two sons died, and her husband died. Husband died first, and the two sons died. These two women were, all three women were left with no husband, and in this culture, no hope. Absolutely no hope. Imagine that. The feeling of having to move now, go back home. Orpah went back home to live with her Moabite family. And now Ruth and Naomi set out for Naomi's home, which is Bethlehem, Judah. They're going to go back to this place defeated. At least, at least that's what Naomi felt, the sense of embarrassment. You know, when you leave home, you want to come back home and celebrate, right? Talk about how wonderful it was and show off the grandkids. And, but that's not true. Come back with no grandkids, no husband, and no money. And no land, nothing. Everything is lost. And so as a widow, she now sees this young girl, Ruth, attach herself to her and give. Ruth was a giver. She gave to Naomi her time and really dedicated her life and said these words to her. Where you go, I go. Where you die, I die. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. Amazing. The Bible says in Luke 6.38, when you give, the Bible promises you, you'll be given. Something will be given to you later on. And it will be pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Watch now when you leave chapter 1, this broken, hurt lady who's given her life to help Naomi, this older woman who was her mother-in-law, someone that she laughed with, loved, celebrated. Now she goes back with her, and in chapter 2, she arrives in Bethlehem, Judah. Or really, she arrives there in chapter 1, but by chapter 2, she wakes up one morning and says, I've got to go to work. My circumstances have changed. I can't do what I used to do. And I talked to you last week about how important it was to face the fact that your circumstances have changed, that things are not the same. Um, and, you know, it, it's kind of like that cold wind I feel blowing on me right now. You feel that? How many of you feel that cold wind? You feel that cold wind? Staff, help me with that, please. I appreciate it. It's coming from, from this side, blowing that way. 
I believe. And that's to keep you all awake too, amen. But there's this amazing moment when you sit there and you watch in chapter 2 this woman saying, I got to go to work. I've got to go to work. I, I just can't sit here and just feel sorry for myself. I, I can't just sit here and grieve over what I've lost. I can't allow myself to become a permanent griever. And I understand loss. I get it. But I also understand that you can get trapped and become what Paul called in 2 Corinthians overly sorrowful. Where you're just every day, you're just grieving, 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 grieving. Well, shouldn't you grieve? Yes. But at some point, this is my view. I want them to grieve over me, okay? I mean, I want you to, to you know, if something happens, I want you to say, oh, we love him. And I always told you I want one designator fall outer. I want somebody to fall down and say my name. Oh, Pastor Rick, I want somebody. <laughs> yeah, you might, you want to do that, you get to fall. Like, and say, then you ain't falling out. She ain't falling out. She ain't the, uh, I ain't going to ask you no more. That's it. I'm going to ask somebody else. But you get the point. <laughs> I, there's, some, there's something about having, having this excitement about the person, right? You know what I'm saying? I think that's great. I think it's a wonderful thing. But I don't want you to be overly sorrowful and just spend all your life falling out and crying, you know, and walking by my picture. You put a picture up. That'd be nice. A little picture. You smile. You know, so that's fine. But at some point, you got to move on. My mother didn't work hard and scrub floors for me to spend all my life sorrowing over her. At some point, I need to honor her by moving on. And there's a moment in my life, there's a moment in my life when I look at this woman, Ruth, and I, I'm, I admire chapter 2. She decided to do two things that were amazing. She listened and she worked. She let somebody talk to her. Somebody came into her life, Naomi, and said, hey, let me give you some advice. And then that girl went out there and worked. And she worked so hard that she was noticed. Oh, boy. Mm. I asked her last week, are you a lazy girl? Yeah, I did. I challenged you because I said, I'm a daddy. You know, I'm a father. And I wanted my girl to understand I need you to be able to work, baby, when I'm not around. You know, I said, Billy Bob may not be bobbing right. So I need you to bob for yourself. I need you to be clear. I need you to understand the power of that. Now, this is a daddy talking. Guys, don't be offended. I'm just saying, you get to be a daddy, you might say the same thing. Because you understand the power of your girl rising up. And that's what you see. You see this girl rising up and you see this girl saying, listen, without a man and going to a not-so-perfect job, she went out on the field, you know, working with, with the wheat, you know, reaping out there in the wheat field, hot, sweaty, wasn't a perfect job. You don't always get the job you want. You don't always get to go where you want to go, make the check you want to make. But she did enough so that Naomi and her could eat. And then Boaz saw her. And I asked you last week, I said, you know people are watching you, right? They listen to you. You know, you'd be surprised the opportunities you missed because of what you said in the grocery store. I want to know where is my $3. That's all I want to know. You can't count me behind the counter. I need my $3. You got a $20 person standing next to you, and you fussing over $3. Check yourself. Pause for a minute. Back up the train. See the big picture. People watching you. Boaz saw her out in the field and said, who is that? Now, if she was cranky, had attitude, he wouldn't have noticed it. 
or he would have noticed her in the wrong way. So what happens? She, she's noticed now in chapter 3, they, well, let me say this backtrack for a minute. They, they, they say to him, that's the woman who came with Naomi and has helped Naomi after her husband died, came back here, left her, left her people, left all that she knew to help Naomi for the rest of her life. She's committed her life to Naomi. Amazing. That stood out to Boaz. So when he saw her against the understanding, sometimes people see the second time, all they can get out, they can't get the first time out of their mind. The first time she's laid down an impression. And so now all of a sudden, she has become this amazing girl that he invites to dinner and invites to be a part of this prosperity moment where he gives her more money to make. And, and, and Naomi says, where did you work when she came home with all the resources? He said, I worked with Boaz. Oh, you mean that guy's related to you? And there was a moment in chapter 2 where she looks at her and says, you know, that makes him a candidate to be your future husband. Now, what she did not do was go call him. Really? Hey, Boaz. I don't know if you know. <laughs> Everybody sit with me, please. Say, she waited. So we go to chapter 3, which is where we are today. And now we're going to see her build what I call a healthy relationship. Can you say a healthy relationship? Now, a lot of you have been in relationships, but the question is, are they healthy? And if they're not healthy, why are they not healthy? Now, I argue that they're not healthy because maybe... Maybe, maybe the people in them aren't healthy. You mean him or me? How about both of you? Maybe you don't really know how to build a healthy relationship. And I want to show you in chapter 3 this incredible moment that will show you how to give yourself a chance to have a healthy relationship. And there are certain keys, certain fundamental things that are important to me. Now, there's some terms that you need to know that you're not really used to, so I want to kind of give you a little bit of a little bit of Bible study here. You ready? There's a term called covenant redeemer. Can you say that with me, please? Come on. There's also a term called kinsman redeemer. Can you say that, please? Kinsman redeemer. So this entire chapter is about something called covenant redeemer. That's what chapter 3 is all about. And it's mentioned a little bit in chapter 2, but in Deuteronomy chapter 25, verse 5 through 10, which I'm not going to read, basically describes this to you. And the Bible knowledge commentary gave a simple summation of it. I thought it was really great, so I just kind of put it down for you so you can just kind of just read it along with me. And this is how it describes chapter 3 and this whole idea of what's called a covenant redeemer. Now, so think of two, two words. You ready? Say covenant. Come on. That's like a contract, right? And say redeemer. So this, this covenant or contract is about redeeming somebody. And, and it shows you how when families had tragedy, loss, God put a system in place that would help that family survive. Because remember, they live by tribes. So if you lost a, a, gener- a guy, you lost a whole generation. And, it was, and God put the system in place to help, not to help prevent that. And so here's how, here's how it goes. Ready? Boaz was a close relative, but more than that, he was a what? Kinsman redeemer. Which means this was a guy who could redeem the family in case of a crisis. He could act as a redeemer of property and persons. He could act as a lever, a Latin term for brother-in-law. Boaz could redeem by fulfilling the Leverite law. Now, think of Levite law, okay, book of Leviticus, the Levites, 
the priest, okay? There was a Levite provision or a law made, which required a brother of a deceased man to marry his widow and raise up a son to his name. Amazing. That's the provision. So in chapter 3, when they see Boaz, there was a thought, okay, he could be the guy that could redeem me from this horrible past I've just experienced. And now I can end up with children and my life could be restored. He's single. He qualifies. He meets the biblical standard, Deuteronomy 25, verse 5 through 10. So how do we make this move? Well, first thing I want you to do is I want you to notice two cultural observations and, and that are about this relationship. And this is a romantic relationship that they're about to enter into. But I want you to notice two different approaches. One is I want you to notice their approach to relationship was always centered around family. It was always centered around family. It was not around our typical approach, which is romance, sex, companionship, and peer pressure. In other words, for us in our culture, normally when you get into a relationship with somebody, families, you, you don't take them to the family until after everything is settled. So first you spend a whole four years with them, and then you bring them home. You know, one mom and daddy, nobody to see them, nobody, nobody. Who are you seeing? None of your business. Because you are grown, you got your own plan, and you are truly a Ph.D. love person. You know all about love. You have all this experience, you're clear, and you can pick them well. You know exactly what you're doing. And so you start off with romance. Hey. Say, Pastor Rick, that wasn't romantic. Yeah, it was. You just didn't pay attention. You know, you just, you just, you know, it's, and it's all about, you know, hooking up. You know, you talk a couple of times, they smile right, before you know it, there you go, going to the gym. I'll leave it like that. Go to the gym real fast. Somebody say, what do you mean by gym? Pray about it. There's, there, there's this tendency to everyone you date, everyone you date, you end up in the gym with them real fast. And, and, and I love, I, love I, I have some incredible conversations. I love one young lady said to me, she says, I don't feel like we're in a relationship unless that happens. It's not just guys who think that. That somehow there's a hook and a tie and there's an obligation that we, we this seals our relationship. This make, and now I know I got him. I know, and if I don't, somebody else will. So there's, there's, if I don't go to the gym with him, somebody can go to the gym with him or her. And, there, and it's, not just, it's not just guys pressuring ladies. It's ladies pressuring guys. Because there's a lot of peer pressure. You want to testify, and here's what happened, and it was great, and, you know, whatever, whatever. It's all about companionship. Family is completely excluded. The only time family gets involved is when you get pregnant or something happens, and, and he leaves. Then you got to go home and tell everybody. Or when there's a problem, and you're grieving, and you got to, you know, get some comfort, so then family gets involved. So there's always this, or you have run out of money, or something happens. Family is the last one. That was not how they operate in this culture. And that's what I want you to see. I want you to see they had a different approach to it. And I, I really think it's fascinating. First thing that I want you to notice was they were about family covenant. The, the whole approach here to Boaz is about redeeming a covenant. Secondly, this is about preservation of the family, family preservation. This is all about values. You'll see that in a minute. They didn't just do anything. And then this is really hard. It was about family approval. Can you say that with me, please? Go on. Family approval. Here's what really gets people when they come to me for premarital counseling. I'll say, 
what does your family think about it? One of my questions, right? What does your family think? I want to know what your family thinks because, because here's a key. If you tell me your family is not for it, so you might, if you're going to talk to me, you might get rid of the lie because I'm going to ask you this. If your family says no, I want to know why they say no. But they just don't like anybody. Why? And it's really, it's really hard for people, especially for millennials. It's really difficult. It's really hard for young people because you think, ah, I'm grown. You're okay. I got you. I'm grown. And I'm not arguing with that, but I want you to see the difference between the way Ruth approached it and the way you approached it. Look at the preacher. You can do what you want. I am not the man to control you. That really is liberating. Hey, do you know what they say about getting older? It's a wonderful book I'm reading about aging. Courageous Aging is the name of the book, Courageous Aging. And in the book, it says, one of the, one of the things that's really great about aging is you can detach from things easier. You just go, that ain't my job. <laughs> that's on you. That ain't on my it's over. You just, you, just, you, know, you just release things. You just say, oh, yeah, you'll find out. Go, for, oh, go with him. Go with him. You know how you have a job? Go for it. That's right. Love will carry you four feet. Okay, I got you. You can detach, and there's an emotional freedom in it. And you just get a chair and watch it. It's going, okay, any minute, and that's going to happen. Because you, cause you know. And I really believe that, that as I get older, I really understand that, you know, okay, let me just show you an example. This is why I'm teaching the story. Ruth says, I want my family to support this plan. Now watch as we jump into the text. Now watch Naomi's healthy relationship plan for Ruth. An older person with a plan for Ruth. Okay. Just hang with me. Here's what she did. Naomi comes to Ruth and says, okay, she told her it was a healthy time now for her to pursue marriage. That's the first thing she does. Ruth. I think it's time. Listen to this. Chapter 3, verse 1. One day, her mother-in-law, Naomi, said to Ruth, My dear daughter, it's about time. I've arranged a good home for you so you can have a happy life. I'm ready for you now. to Go out here. It's time. When is a healthy time for you? Here's what I think is amazing. Okay, you went to school, right, to get an education, but now you're only focused on getting a guy or, or, or a woman. That's, that's all. You've changed your view. Is this a healthy time for you to be so engaged in that pursuit? So engaged in that. You just all, all your mind, you know, 50% of your brain is tied up in whatever. You didn't call it a day. She didn't call it a day, whatever. So this is where your mind is. Is, that, is this a healthy time? Notice that she allowed, Ruth allowed someone to tell her this is now time. That's not time. Second thing that's impressive to me. She gave her a healthy plan of action. Naomi gave her a plan of action. Now, I like this, verse 2. It, it, she says, and it's Boaz. Isn't, it Bo, isn't Boaz our close relative, Naomi asked? The one whose young women you've been working? Maybe it's time to make our move. Now, this is the message version. I love the way it says it. Tonight is the night. Tonight is the night. You've heard that before, right? A Boaz barley harvest at the threshing floor. He's going to be at the threshing floor. Now, you say, what's a threshing floor? This, you're going to call it a barn. It's where they would just fix the wheat and all. But just in your mind, it's a barn. And so he's going to be at the barn, the threshing floor. And tonight's the night. I want you to make your move. Now, who's telling her this? An older person, an experienced person. But please understand, what you're thinking, she's not thinking. You're thinking romantic. 
you're thinking, make my move. See, <laughs> you got all them love songs in your mind. That's not where she's at. She's looking at this mature young woman saying, you're mature, you're strong. I think Boaz is someone that really might be a good candidate for restoring your life. And this is a family moment. This is a family decision. It's not just me feeling goosebumps. So watch what happens now. First thing she does, gives her some practical advice. Can you say practical? Advice. Now, watch this. Been working out there in the field all day. You need to take a bath. Verse 3. <laughs> First thing, girl, okay. Don't go like this. Take a what? Bath. Now, that's basic stuff. But, you know, you really would be surprised how many people would miss that cue. They kind of have bath days, you know, like, okay, you know, every other day or, you know, here and there. And, they, and you really can't tell what's going on with you until somebody tell you sometime. So she looks at her and says, take a bath. Then she says this, I want you to put some perfume on, sweeten it up a little bit. These were obviously things she hadn't thought about. I don't know whether that was in her mind or what, but she needed to be advised so that she could look what I call marryable. I made that word up. Can you say it, please? Come on. Marryable. Can you say it again, please? Marriable. You need to look marryable. Get all dressed up, and I want you to go to the threshing floor. But here's what I want you to do. But don't. Notice what she says. Don't let him know you're there until the party is well underway, and he's, play, he's plenty of food, and he's, he's, he's finished drinking. And stop. Wait, wait till later. Don't just run in and say, I'm here. I want you to watch. See, this is not, this is, get your American mind out of this. You, you're, you would think of this, this is, I'm walking in to let him know I'm here. I'm the one that God sent to you. You know, when anybody does that to you, I want you to run. Because they're not thinking about your family. They're not thinking about your parents, your mom, or anybody. And I, I'm just a sidebar here. I've seen this really come true, come, to, come, come into the forefront when, let's say, your mom gets sick, right? And your mom needs to come and live with you. And they go, wait, 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 wait a minute. I, I, didn't, I didn't marry your mom. And they really, they really mean that. I, I've, I've had people say to me, um, you know, something happened, and they just don't want anything to do with your family. They just want you. Forget everybody else. Now, that doesn't come home to them until they have children and someone comes and takes their children and says, forget all about you, daddy. It's a whole different ballgame. So I want you to please get out of your mind this romantic idea, this whole, you know, what you've seen on TV all your life and heard in the music. Forget all that for a minute. Watch what happens. Watch this. Gives her the practical advice, and here's what she tells her. You ready? Now listen carefully to this, okay? I'm going to read verse, <laughs> verse 3 to you. I'm sorry, verse 4. But I'm going to read it to you uh, in this version, then I'm going to read it to you in the other version. She said to her, I want you to go, and I want you to, I want you to do something to make sure he's interested. 
Give him a way out of this. You go, get all dressed up, but please, let's make sure he's into you. When you see him <clears throat> slipping off to sleep, watch where he lies down, then go there. Now, by the way, they would stay at the threshing floor when they had this big wheat harvest and they were celebrating because they didn't want anybody to steal it. So it was not common to stay there, but he's there. And, it, and so obviously by himself, she says, lie at his feet to let him know that you are available to him for marriage. Then wait and see what he says. He'll tell you what to do. Now, don't do that in this culture. That, that's a mistake. But here's what I want you to think about for a second. In the King James, it says, uncover his feet, which means just lay there for a second. And just, you know. But what I thought about when I read this was they are alone. There, there must, what is your, how do you do with those alone moments? So you're really saved and sanctified here because you're in church. But when you're alone, lights are low, nobody's around, do you turn into this love person? Now, for a lot of people, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's an intimate time right there. You get them alone, it's over, and we know what's going to happen. That's one, two, and three right there, bam. Don't you know what I said when I said one? Okay, let me help you. Maybe you missed my series. If you do one and two, three is going to happen, Right? If you call him, call her, and if you go by, you're going to the gym. Are you tracking with me? Come on, say, if you do one and two, three is going to happen. Don't get mad with me. Hang with me now. One and two, three. That's just true. It's been historically true for you. Get honest with yourself. And if then you see the phone, you don't want to do that, don't answer that. That's one. If I, if I if I go over, I know three going to happen because it just always does. So I love the fact that, but these are people who are alone and nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. And I love the fact that in this plan, Naomi says, when you are alone with him, give him a way out. See if he's interested. Do you have this thing about you that if you want somebody, they better want you? Do you have this, you know, nobody should say no to me thing? And then, you know, I love Diane, and you know what I'm saying? And if Diane would leave me, God would really get her. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> he would get her, okay? But, <laughs> but I want you to understand, if, if, if somebody doesn't want you, and you just got in your fan, you've had this fantasy in your mind about this person. He's the only one I want, no, only one anybody else, and, and you're going after this person. Um, you're not, you're not giving yourself a chance. You want a healthy relationship. You want a relationship that's two-sided. You want to, you want the person to say, yeah, I would, I wouldn't mind being in a relationship with you. And you don't want to make them have to, you know, explain like in great detail. Well, give me an essay. Give me five reasons why, five pages, you know, double space, whatever. You know, tell, no, just tell me. That this, this, is, this scenario Naomi sets up so that she can be with him, no one's around, and he can say no or yes. I don't want to be the covenant redeemer for you. And there's no, no skin off your back. 
I just don't want to do that. Or maybe I'm, maybe I'm thinking about somebody else, or maybe, 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 maybe. I love the fact that he has an exit. If you like somebody, you're single, you like somebody, give them an exit. And don't, don't get all bent over because they don't want to want you or don't want to date you. I mean, it's, it's okay. I mean, I, I really wanted Diane, but, and I would have probably said, please, I might, no, I wouldn't say please. Anyway, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I, I really wanted the date. I made the move, you know. I, I kind of made the move. And, um, and, and she said, okay. I could tell when she wrote down her phone number, she's writing real fast. No. <laughs> ah, that's terrible. Okay, I'm making it up. Anyway, the point, the point, is, the point is you do want it to be two-way, but if it's not, I, I really wouldn't want to be with somebody that really didn't want to be with me. I would love them enough to let them be free. And I think that's a healthy decision if they really don't want to be. I, I don't think it's healthy for me. I love the fact that they gave, and that's an older woman talking to a younger woman saying, hey, girl, before you get all wrapped up in this emotionally, before you get all tied down, make sure it's two-way. So watch what happens. Ruth response to Naomi is classic, chapter 3, verse 5. Ruth said, if you say so, I'll do it, just as you told me, just as you've told me. She went down to the threshing floor and put her mother-in-law's plan into action. The boys had a good time eating, drinking, his fill. He felt great. He went off to go to sleep, lying down at the end of a stack of barley. Ruth quietly followed, and she lay down to signal her availability for marriage. In this culture, that's what that meant. Now watch this. There are three observations about this that impressed me. Number one, and, and Boaz has a healthy response to her. You can tell a healthy guy by his response. Now watch what happens. First of all, he's surprised. He wakes up and his woman's at his feet, right? Verse 8, in the middle of the night, the man suddenly startled and sat up. Surprise, this woman's asleep at his feet. And he said, who are you? He didn't even recognize her. He said, I'm Ruth, your maiden. Take me under your protecting wing. You're my closest relative. You know, in the circle of covenant redeemers, you do have the right to marry me. Pause. Think about that. No romantic lines. She starts off with the word. I'm here trying to fulfill what God promised me in Scripture, and I'm wondering if you're the guy and if you want to be my covenant redeemer, which means I've lost my husband, which means I, I need a fresh start. Are you interested? Wow. His response is classic. Splendid. <laughs> He said, God bless you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My dear daughter, wow, what a splendid expression of love. Hey, and when you, when you could have had, you know, your pick of any of the young men around, wow, you want me, huh? <laughs> this dude blushing all over himself. You know, she, you know see, I mean, I want you to know, this is, a, this is amazing. This is amazing. But I want you to watch. He is now willing to step in and commit to moving forward. I love verse 11. He says, and now, my dear daughter, don't you worry about a thing. 
I'll do all you could want or ask. <laughs> Everybody in town knows what a courageous woman you are, a real prize. You're right. I'm a close relative to you, but there, there's a problem. There's somebody even closer. I've got to do what's right. I've got to do what's right. He's touched. But when he's touched, he's not crazy. When he's touched, he don't grab and start kissing on him. When he's touched and alone with nobody around, he could have. You want me? Hey. He didn't do that. He said, pause. Everybody say pause. Look at me. Come on. Say pause. pause. Do you have a pause button? See, think about it. Pause. What I've got to do, uh, you know, stay here. Verse 13, the rest of the night. In the morning, if he wants to exercise his customary rights and responsibility as the closest covenant redeemer, he'll have his chance. But if he isn't interested, as God lives, girl, I'll do it. <laughs> Go back to sleep. We'll work on this in the morning. I want you to know. <laughs> I like the fact that he's, man, this guy probably can't sleep. He probably was halfway asleep all night. He was so excited. When you get excited, are you crazy? You lose sight of all your Bible verses, all that God told you, all the Scripture, everything. I mean, it's just you can tell when people meet somebody and there's that click. They come home different. Say, hey, hey, come in the house talking loud. Hey, where are you going? I'm going to the beauty shop right now. I'm headed down. You know, they got a whole new plan, and you know something's happened. But I love that this guy, he's excited, and he is calm, cool, and not lustful, not lost. In infatuation. Here's what he does. And this is why it lasted. Look at me for a second. This is why it lasts, people. It's how you launch the ship. He was careful, watch this now, to promote, to protect her honor. Ruth slept all that night until dawn at his feet. Verse 14. But she got up while it was still dark and wouldn't be, so she wouldn't be recognized. Then Boaz said to himself, no matter, no one must know that Ruth came to the threshing floor. So Boaz said, bring the shawl you're wearing and spread it out. And he, and he said, she spread it out and he poured in full of barley, six measures, and put, put it on her shoulder. And he said, now, you go back to the town, girl. He protected her reputation. That's a sign. When you have somebody who's honored, who's committed, and who protects your honor, that's a good choice. How does, how does the person you're dating deal with your honor? Do they tempt you to go completely contrary to everything you believe? You want to know why God blesses these two people? Because in private, they're committed. You can be committed in here. This is easy. But in private, when there's no one around, when you could, they didn't. And he protected her. That's true covering. They don't cover you now. They won't cover you later. They won't protect your honor now. They won't protect it later. Am I climbing up your tree? I'm not trying to. I'm just trying to help you think about it for a minute. Give yourself a chance. 
future. That's what it's about. How are you going to build a future? How are you going to, how are you going to have a chance? If you, if you and private are not any different, if you lose every sense of priority and focus when no one's watching you, you don't have a chance. Ruth's whole life's about to change. I love this. She goes home and she tells Naomi. And Naomi says something about this guy who was really impressive. And ladies, I want you to pay attention to this. Verse 16 of chapter 3. When she came to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, how did things go, my dear daughter? Now, I want you to notice something. She's not even worried about whether she slept with anybody. She never even asked her about being out all night because she knows her. Do people have to worry about you? Some questions people should never have to ask you because they know you. This older woman didn't ask her anything about that. Here's what she said to her. How did it go? Ruth told her everything. Ruth told her what? Say it again. Come on. Ruth told her what? And she knew that about her. Everything that, that the man had done for her, adding, and he gave me all this barley. Watch this. He mentions this. He gave me all this barley besides six quarts. He told me, you can't go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. Notice what he's thinking about. He's thinking about Ruth, the mother-in-law, her family. Not just her lips. Not just her legs. Not just the way she walks. Let me just help you. That's not who you're getting. I mean, I wish it was that simple. I, w- I wish it was that simple. I, I, look, I see people sometimes. I'm just going to say this, okay? Don't tell anybody this, okay? Listen. And I see them, and they're cute, real cute. And, and, and a part of you says, oh, they're cute. But that's about it. You can't live off that. Oh. Some of you have been doing that all your life. Oh, oh. Oh, 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 and you start again. Oh, 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 you've been all in for years. Haven't you figured this out yet? Then you see guys that you're old, you say, oh, brother, and you still, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Older women, too, y'all, this is bad. Y'all just cool about it. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> you learn how to hide it because you experience now. <clears throat> he tell you lust, but you got a problem too. <laughs> oh, he a young man. Yes, a lot of muscles. <laughs> Real strong, strong. <laughs> Grandmama got a problem. You better watch it. <laughs> Shoot, fool yourself if you want to. You better pay attention. It, you know, it's really amazing that this is a moment. A strong moment when this, this man's character, her character, all stand out. And, and, Naomi, and Naomi says something's powerful. Naomi says this. Look, verse 18. Naomi said, listen, girl, sit back and relax. My dear daughter, here's what's going to happen. Until we find out how things are going to turn out. We don't know yet. Pause. Don't know. It may work. may not work. Can you say that with me, please? Come on. 
One more time. Come on, you can get it out. See, you still can't do it. Why you can't work with the brother for one time? Come on. Say it may work and it may not work. Now, after all this planning, after all this discussion, she's smart enough to say it still may not work. We may have missed this one. This may not be the right one. Can you consider that possibility? See, it's not a healthy relationship if you feel, I got to have you. I'm dead. What? No. May work, may not work. Let's wait and see. But I'll tell you one thing about this man, based on what I've seen so far. Huh. That man isn't going to fool around. Mark my words. He's going to get everything wrapped up today. Remember, he told you, he told her, I'll handle this tomorrow. Go back to sleep. I'm going to find him. I know who's next in line. And sure enough, he does. I'll pick up on that next week. But I want to show you something that's powerful. This is an example of someone who knew what they wanted, Boaz, I'm speaking of. And he spent his time and energy working in that direction. What are you spending your time doing? What's your motivation? What's driving you? He was clear. He was mature. I'm sure all the romance stuff comes over time, and they had a great relationship. And she ends up being the great-grandmother of David, ends up being in the lineage of Jesus, all because of her integrity and all because she said, I'm not going to be like everybody else and go back to my old life. I'm going to follow you, Naomi, because I believe your God should be my God, your people, my people. She had a strong work ethic. She had a right attitude, and God led her from one place of blessing to the next. Here, ladies, hear me carefully. Hear me, guys. Hear me, hear me, hear me. Give yourself a chance. Invest in what you really want to be. That's what I'm going to talk about next week. What do you really want to be? I have this thing I do. The Ricky Temple that I envision in my mind, what is he like? And I invest in that guy. I don't want to be some womanizer guy running around chasing the people, living from, ooh, ooh, I don't want that in my life. I don't want you to, I don't want you to have to apologize for me. I don't want you to have to be ashamed of me. I don't want you to say, you will use your pastor. I don't want, I want everybody to be safe. There's got, and, that, and that's a decision that no one can make for me. But if I'm not willing to listen to anybody, if I'm not willing to open my heart to advice, if I don't pay attention, my whole life will not have a chance. I want you to look at me. I want you to listen carefully. If you don't, look at the preacher. I'm done. I promise you. Give yourself a chance. We're not talking about me. We're talking about you. I am so glad. I am so glad that I get to be married to Diane. But that was because I gave myself a chance. I am so glad. I'm so glad that she, man, so glad. I could have not been the pastor of this church. There were so many exit signs for me to get off the freeway. There were so many times I could have messed up, made bad choices. There could have been. I, I'm going to take, I'm going to give my, I, this, this was my chance. I grew up in an environment where being sexually active was a common part of life. Everybody did it, and, and they encouraged me, and I didn't get married a virgin. Diane did, but I wasn't. I was unsaved. I was lost. I got saved earlier as a teenager, but I was lost. Don't care what you think about that. I told you I wasn't saved. 
Let's put your story on the billboard. Come on, talk to me. See, so I can talk to you, and I can tell you that I know that I could have missed the boat. It was God's grace. And you know what saved me? Listening. Listening. Somebody spoke to me. A friend of mine looked at me one time. He said, you know, Temple, he said, God's got somebody better for you. God's got a plan for you. God's got a plan for your life. I was a saved person, fighting some of the same temptations you all faced. And Jesus sent people in my life, and I listened. Turned the car around. One time God told me, don't go over there. Turn that car around. Don't ever go back over there again. Turn that car around. That's why I'm here today. Where you going to be? Give yourself a chance to change. Give yourself a chance. I almost missed this ship. What ship are you going to miss? It's not about me I'm talking. It's talking about you. And let me tell you something. If you don't build healthy relationships, you don't give yourself much of a chance for a happy future. Because you'll be on all your life. Father, I pray what we said today has been helpful. I pray what we said today has been liberating. Give yourself a chance. Nobody should be beating on you. Nobody should be disrespecting you. You shouldn't be this angry. I know our families are so jacked up sometimes we don't have many Naomi's in our lives. But God, you got Naomi's out there. You got wise men out there. You got people that can speak to our life if we'd only listen. Help us, Lord God, find people. For some people, this is their moment. I'm the voice that you want to speak to them. I've been that counseling voice to them today, both here at home, on demand, wherever they're hearing this. And this is the moment, Lord, where you're saying to them, they need to listen. They're so focused on one or two aspects, they've lost sight of the bigger picture. I pray, God, for you to touch them, and may this sermon be the beginning of a new way of thinking. Think about family. Don't be the father of my children. Don't want my children to act like this. She's going to be the mother of my children. Don't want my children to act like her. And this is the environment I want to be raised in. We're fussing and arguing now. Is that what I want for my family, for my life? For some people, Lord God, they're going to go back to older people they've dealt with and say, you know, say that to me again. I, I wasn't listening the last time. Say it, say it again. What were you thinking? They're going to open their hearts, Lord, to being mentored. They're going to open their hearts to allowing Naomi to speak to them. Lift your hands up high. Father, bless them today. Heal hearts. There's a lot of brokenness in here. A lot of people have gone through a lot. Thank you that they are forgiven. Thank you that they have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Today, cleanse and save and heal. Thank you for forgiving us for our sins and for our failures. Thank you for understanding that we stand before you as imperfect people who love you and who care about you. Lord God, as I laid my soul out before these people today, told the truth, the whole truth, so help me God, may they tell themselves the truth, the whole truth, so help them God. And may they leave this place and say, you know what? I'm going to give myself a chance. I'm going to start by building healthy relationships. 
is not just centered on some romantic fantasy, but it's, it's centered in something strong and true that thinks beyond today and, and this moment. It's tied to God's word and God's covenant. And Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would give them that strong work ethic, press past. Some of these students are going to go back and work differently. They need to focus on where they're going. They've lost track of their priorities. It's time to tell a few friends, I can't come out today and play. I'm sorry, I'm building a future. I got to give myself a chance to pass this test. I got to give myself a chance to do better. I got to give myself a chance. What am I doing? I am now in the most expensive investment of my life. I need to invest in what I'm wanting to do. I don't wanna, I, when I look at myself, I see myself making better grades than this. I see myself with more peace than this. Too much foolishness and strife. I release all this in Jesus' name. And so, God, I pray prosper these hands, prosper your focus today in Jesus' name. Every hand down, every head bowed real quick for a second. If you say, Pastor, I heard you today, and I want to give Jesus my life. You prayed a prayer just now. I'll take that to be my prayer of a new life with Jesus. If you're here and you say, that's my prayer, that, that, that prayer was for me, to start my walk with God, I want you to raise your hand. I want to know if you're saying that's you. Who's saying that's one? I see two. I see three. I see four. I see five. I see six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I see 11. Do I see anybody else? Do I see 12. God bless you. Father, I pray for all who raise their hands and many who raise their hearts, both here and at home. And I declare in Jesus' name your grace and your forgiveness. And may the power of the living God bring peace to them. In Jesus' name. And everyone say amen.